I'm Maria, and welcome to the 3L podcast series, Limited Liability Leadership, Raising the Bar in Leading the Bar. Thanks for checking out our upcoming limited podcast series developed and produced by Class 8 of the W.N. Reese Smith Jr. Leadership Academy Program of the Florida Bar. This is the Limited Liability Leadership Podcast, where we'll discuss raising the bar and leading the bar. My name is Lindsay Sierra, and I'm a senior staff attorney at the 13th Judicial Circuit in Tampa, Florida, and I'm a member of the Florida Bar Leadership Academy Class 8. Today, I'll be your host discussing the Leadership Academy experience. I'm excited to introduce our three guests. We have Jay Kim, Deanne Jackson, and John Howe. Each of them were prior members of the Leadership Academy. Welcome. If each of you will tell our audience where you work, your location, and what Leadership Academy class you were in. Jay, we'll start with you. Thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for having me. I am in Fort Lauderdale. I'm a commercial litigator at my firm, Kim Bond Lerner. I was in the only, the one and only class one. And uh, I have at least one other person here who is in my class. Um, And uh, I kick it over back to you, I guess. Uh, John, how about you? Well, like I said, um, there was only there's one and only class one, and both he and I are brothers from another mother in that class. And I am in West Palm Beach, and I'm a solo practitioner, and I practice in the areas of personal injury, um, criminal defense, and commercial litigation. And Deanne? I am a member of class five. And while I appreciate class one paving the way, I definitely think class five was the best class. I am an assistant county attorney with the Broward County Attorney's Office, and I'm in Fort Lauderdale. Well, as y'all know, we're going to talk about the Leadership Academy experience today. That's what has brought all of us together. And we want to share with our audience more about our experiences Leadership Academy is a prestigious program of the Florida Bar, and many Florida lawyers understandably want to be part of it. We'll have three episodes that are dedicated to discussing Leadership Academy experience. And in this first segment, we were going to focus on the before of Leadership Academy. So the things someone might want to know before applying and joining. So let's first talk about the process of applying for Leadership Academy. John, you're a current co-chair of the Leadership Academy, and you help shepherd my class through the program. Can you give the audience a general timeline with respect to when applications come out and when class members are selected? Yes, I'd be happy to do that. And thank you, Lindsay, for having me as a part of this program and this presentation. And thank you for hosting the presentation uh, and all the hard work that you've put into it. I'm going to put a disclaimer on this description of the Leadership Academy process because I know we're, we're sick of hearing you know, what's the normal and nothing about this past year and in this class and the next class and the class before that has been air quotes normal. So I just wanted to put that out there. How the Leadership Academy process um, works in a normal scenario, and it's somewhat the same, but um, we've had to move some timelines around, is generally speaking, in December, the applications go out. They, it, it, I don't mean out on a you know hard copy basis. They are um, put up on the Florida Bar's web portal and are accessible through that portal. Once you have access to that application, 
you then go right about filling it in, getting the requisite letters of recommendation. One component is to get your supervisor to sign off indicating that they will be supportive of you during that process. And the application process closes around mid-January. Um, over the years, we have made adjustments as necessary um, if we felt the need to do that. During that, from January, mid-January through March, we go about assembling, or the bar staff goes about assembling each application packet, which goes out to all of the members of the Leadership Academy Committee. And in normal years, and I emphasize that because this year we're doing it a little bit differently because COVID is still here. And so we, the committee would normally get together in person and we have a review process where the applications are split up between two teams. And then we go from there and we meet together and we score each applicant and a really big component I would add is um, the recommendations of those carry a lot of weight. So you should be very selective and mindful um, who you ask to do recommendations for you. And um, and it's, 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 a, it's a very fair process and there's a whole lot of criteria that are taken into consideration and, you know, we're looking for people who have demonstrated leadership acumen, but there's, while there are a lot of indicia, there's no single indicia, you know, that will, you know, push you over that edge. And, you know, not everyone gets in the first time. And that's even one of the factors that should be noted is that we have folks and who have applied for you know, the second time, and that also is given consideration as well. So that process, the selection process is actually done in the month of March, and we're getting ready. In normal years, we do it in March. This year, we're having to push it back, and it'll be, we'll actually have that meeting on April 9th. So it's not a normal year. Well, that's very true. And you've covered so many great um, pieces that we're going to talk about in more depth. And so with that timeline in mind, I know you touched on a few of these things, um, but there's definitely some things an interested applicant may want to think about prior to applying. I know you mentioned the employer supporting of the application. Are there some tactical ways that one could approach that conversation with your employer? Like, how do you convey to the employer, you know, the benefit and value of Leadership Academy? Well, number one, if you're applying to the academy, it's probably because you've demonstrated um, leadership acumen, whether it's through bar involvement, whether it's through leadership positions in your current job. One thing that I would definitely recommend that if you're thinking about, I, wouldn't, I don't want to say selling it to your, your supervisor, but just have them go to the Florida Bar page and look at the Leadership Academy and what it's accomplished. There's a good chance that your supervisor probably knows someone who has gone through the Leadership Academy already. You'd be surprised. Jay, for example, you know, serves on the Board of Governors. You know, he's one of our poster children. <laughs> we, we, we tout Jay and his accomplishments and his leadership, but there are a whole host of Leadership Academy alums 
who have gone on to do really, really great things. But believe me, there's going to be someone in your respective area or, you know, have reach out to the leadership of the Leadership Academy. I would say that for sure. And if you um, want your supervisor to have some more information about the um, Leadership Academy, reach out to myself or Anthony Vazone. Um, next year's co-chairs are going to be Nick Johnson and Brittany Maxi Fisher out of Tampa, who you probably know, Lindsay. Um, everybody knows Brittany. And um, they're going to be next year's leaders of, or co-chairs of the Leadership Academy. So I would say reach out to the bar, reach out to the current leadership of the Academy, and you'll they'll have more issue. Well, I'm sure most supervisors um, have heard of Leadership Academy and can um, gather the benefit of someone in their office being involved in the academy. I know there's also a financial commitment. And as a government attorney myself, you know, I especially want to share that, you know, the application fee should not scare away worthy applicants. And so, Deanne, what are some options that an applicant might have if the application fee isn't financially feasible for them? Uh, thank you for that question, Lindsay. I'm a government attorney as well. Um, I was working for a different government employer at the time that I applied. So I definitely think that person should not be deterred by the fact that there's an application fee or I'm going to say pre-COVID, um, as John said, we're not in normal times where travel was involved. I was um, fortunate enough to receive a scholarship from the Florida Bar um, through the Leadership Academy. The process was very seamless in terms of making sure that I was able to pay for what I needed to pay for to be at the events and to be able to fully participate and be engaged. So I would say definitely um, be aware that the Leadership Academy offers scholarships. Um, and secondly, there's also sections. I recently learned that some sections offer scholarship opportunities. I am aware that the reptile section offers a scholarship for Leadership Academy. So definitely, if you're a member of that section, look into it. And there might be other sections of the Florida Bar that offer similar opportunities. So if you're involved in any sections or other organizations, just inquire to find out whether or not they have the ability to assist you. But definitely finances should not be a barrier to this program. That's great advice and not to be shy to ask, just ask leadership in the organizations that you're a part of and just see what your options are so that the financial commitment is not a deterrent. Um, so now that we have like an understanding of just the basic parameters of applying, let's talk about what else someone could do in advance of applying for Leadership Academy to get a more detailed, like personal explanation of the program. So Deanne, once again, would you recommend that an interested applicant reach out to a prior class fellow? I know John said this, but what do you think about this, Deanne? I think it's a good idea to reach out to Leadership Academy, you know, members of the committee who will be receiving your applications and um, persons who have participated. I learned about the Leadership Academy because my coworker had completed the program so that I was able to ask questions, learn more about it and really realize how it fit into um, where I wanted to to be as an attorney. I learned about rules committees, grievance committees. I didn't know anything about any of that before the Leadership Academy or even the ability to get more involved with the Florida Bar, opportunities for lawyers to get more involved in the Florida Bar. I was one of those persons who thought you pay your money to the Florida Bar, 
And then the Florida Bar also disciplines lawyers. Beyond that, I, I wasn't aware that there's an entire structure. <laughs> so I definitely think reaching out, talking to people, people are always willing to have conversations. I've had people reach out to me about Leadership Academy. In fact, Lindsay and I <laughs> spoke about Leadership Academy before she applied. We met at a conference. Um, so I definitely think that it's something that you should do. And really, you'll be able to understand how the Leadership Academy is a good fit for you. And I think the biggest takeaway that I try to help people to understand, it is a time commitment and you need to be realistic about your time because you want to show up and you want to be engaged and you want to get the most out of it. And meeting the people and getting to know them is really one of the, the biggest benefits um, that I got from the Leadership Academy. So I, people should be aware of that time commitment and really be prepared to show up and fully immerse themselves in the process. So if someone wanted to reach out to a prior class fellow and they just didn't know anyone, how would how would you go about doing that? Is there like a list somewhere or... There is a list of every class on the Florida Bar website. Um, if you go, you can find the individuals, but also on social media, the Leadership Academy has a Facebook page. And from there, I'm sure maybe you could find the, the different persons who are engaging with the page. You might see um, your friends or coworkers on there. So those are the two ways I would know how to get in contact. Yes. Great advice for sure. I know that when I was applying, I went on the Florida Bar's website to see who the, the Leadership Academy committee members were to see if there was anyone in my area. And come to find out, I knew several people that I didn't previously know they were part of Leadership Academy. So in addition to prior fellows, I think those committee members like John are really valuable people to reach out to. So we have some background information on the parameters and we have a game plan for talking to our past fellows. So now we get to the part of actually applying for Leadership Academy. Jay, um, what would you say is the special sauce for a successful application? Well, uh, when we say special sauce, I guess uh, what we're looking for is that quality that makes an applicant interesting. And I think it can all be summed up in the word potential. You know, and so if you can demonstrate the leadership potential that you have, even though you may not be having been a, a leader uh, in all aspects before, um, I think that's what, and I can't speak on behalf of the committee. I'm, I'm, I'm not on the committee and I'm not the one that is making those decisions, but I would think that um, the potential for leadership is one of the most important uh, attributes that you uh, can and should demonstrate. And um, whether you can do that through, this is the paradox of the, the resumes where you say, well, how can I get experience if I don't have experience? And so um, you need to demonstrate that you've had positions of near leadership, if not actual leadership. You, you need to demonstrate that you've been involved. You've been in, in the track or in decision-making roles. Uh, you've been uh, working uh, really hard in whatever endeavor you've had before. And you just need to be able to show that you will be there, you'll be committed, and you'll be uh, uh, working diligently towards whatever goals uh, that that, that uh, organization had as a mission. And so the special sauce is simply being able to demonstrate leadership potential. And so there's a couple ways with the application that someone could do that. Uh, you know, you have to submit letters of recommendation, and then there's also essays that are uh, essay questions that someone has to answer. So how do you how would you recommend going about choosing who you would ask to write a letter of recommendation for you? 
Well, one of the things that I see um, kind of like a common denominator in all the leadership fellows I've dealt with is that they're they're natural networkers. They're they're friendly, they're outgoing. And so in in one's career, however short or long it's been, uh, those people tend to make a lot of connections. And among those connections, I would think that there would be lots of people who are able to write convincing uh, recommendation letters, and they're in positions where people will listen to what they say. These these are judges, law firm leaders, community leaders in whatever uh, realm, pro bono uh, lawyers, people who've been awarded in different capacities by the bar. Anybody who is who has an audience uh, where people have looked up to them in one capacity or another would be an excellent candidate for a recommendation letter. And I mentioned the essay questions. They can be a little befuddling for some people. So do you have any like overarching advice on how to approach the essay questions or you know what you should try to convey through your answers? I would say that an essay answer needs to kind of stick out. Uh, you, you can't be just like another essay. You need to show your creativity, problem-solving skills, something that makes you stand out from everybody else. And it, it's not necessarily what you did, but how you say it. And so if you can say that you were confronted with what may sound like a run-of-the-mill issue or a problem, but you approached it in a very different uh, way and looking at it in a, in a completely different perspective and, and being creative about it, um, I think that would get the attention of the committee to say this person has just a different way of looking at, at things and would bring the needed diversity and creativity and imagination to the Leadership Academy. I just wanted to jump in real quick and just add a little bit to both the comments that Yan and Jay made. First of all, I want to emphasize that because this has been a question that I've heard asked countless times. That question has to do with, you know, if I request a scholarship or some kind of financial assistance, is that in some way going to serve as an impediment or a detriment? Or is it going to count away, count against me in some way? And I can assure anyone who is watching this or listening to this podcast, it absolutely will not. That's not even, I don't even know. It, sure, it says it on the application, but when applicants are being um, evaluated and everybody's picture is up on the wall and we're going, no one is giving any consideration whatsoever to whether anyone asked for financial assistance or whatever the case is. That's something that's really dealt with by the Florida bar staff who have no input whatsoever in in, in the um, selection process. Also, with what Jay said, as far as it, you know, the answer to selecting the persons who do your letters for you or the way that you write your essays. The essays are probably the most, to me, you know, probably because it takes some time to force yourself to sit down and think. That's probably the most <laughs> time um, consuming part of the essay, or, I mean, of the, of the application itself. But yeah, like Jay was saying, try not to write in these nebulous, obvious type of responses that everybody knows. You know, 
I think we generally agree that not everybody, but I think generally we agree that diversity is good for the Florida bar. We don't need to know that. <laughs> um, if you can personalize, you know, something about yourself or your own personal observations or professional observations and so on, or experiences that you've had and how you believe that, how you believe that the Leadership Academy will take you to that next level. Those are the types of responses that people want to hear about. Um, that tells us something about you as an individual and as a potential leader. And, and that's what we're really looking for overall when we're screening these applications. Well, thank you so much for adding that comment in particular about the scholarships, because I know, like I said, as a government attorney, I do think that financial barriers can be a big barrier to entry for certain groups. And so it's really nice to have confirmation that that really just does not come into the play when considering which people to accept into Leadership Academy. Um, and so, John, uh, just to stick with you, because I know you're a committee member and you obviously look at these applications. Um, so from your perspective, you know, is there anything else just sort of in particular? that you, you know, that sticks out to you on an application or that you look for in an ideal applicant? Well, at the end of the day, what we're looking for are well-rounded classes. We, we don't want classes that are overrepresented by one particular group or the other. We, that's our objective. Now, just because, you know, there might be more Female applicants than male applicants does not necessarily mean that, you know, we're going to deliberately stick some more males in, you know, just to even it out. We've, we've had many classes where there are more women than men, and that's fine, you know, but overall, we always get a well-rounded group. So when you're thinking about who to have, and first of all, I would say this, if you are going to apply or thinking about applying to the Leadership Academy, look at the list of alums. I mean, we just, with the graduation of the last class, we went over 300 Leadership Academy alums, and they're spread out throughout the state. So if you're thinking of applying to the Leadership Academy, believe me, you know, you know an alum or you know someone who knows an alum. And it's easy to find out, you know, like it was stated earlier, who the alums are. Also, if you know anyone in bar leadership, if you know a Jay Kim or anyone else, if you know a Dan Jackson, if you know anyone who um, either has, is in bar leadership or has gone through the academy, who is an influencer, if a judge, um, it might be someone who was your supervisor when you first got out of law school who encouraged you to take up a leadership role. And we always ask our alums to invite others to who have who they know who show leadership acumen to apply to the academy. And that person who invited you to apply to the academy, they more likely than not are either an alum or a, an influencer, as Jay um, described earlier. And those are the the people that you want to reach out to and say, hey, would you mind doing that application for me? And also reach out to committee members and let them know that you're applying and committee members who you know or you don't know. That's kind of the 
thing that we all have in common, anyone who's involved in the Leadership Academy, is that we're generally outgoing people and we like to meet people and we like to network. And that's why I applied for the Leadership Academy was because I wanted to expand my horizon, my bases beyond Palm Beach County. And that's how me and Jay became good friends through the Leadership Academy. I mean, we we might have met each other before the Leadership Academy, but we really got to know each other and became friends and, and built a true, not just professional relationship, but a personal friendship. And, and that's one of the things that if you'd say, okay, well, what's one of the best things you can expect to take away from the Leadership Academy? And I would say that's probably the number one thing is creating and building true, genuine relationships with people across the state who you otherwise might not have. Well, you're definitely foreshadowing what I'm going to ask you all at the end. So you're giving away your answer already to it. But another um, great thing that you mentioned, too, um, with reaching out to people is, if nothing else, just reach out to your Florida Bar Board of Governors governors for your area. So they're a great resource, too, or your or the YLD governors, um, you know, if you're in the YLD still, um, you know, they're there to answer questions. So, you know, if nothing else, they could also make those connections for you if you can't otherwise find someone, you know, on the list of former class members. You know, I think it would be really helpful for our listeners. You all mentioned, you know, sort of showing demonstrated leadership prior to applying for Leadership Academy. So it might be helpful to hear what kind of involvement each of you had prior to applying. Um, So Deanne, at the time that you applied for Leadership Academy, would you say that you were already a community leader? And if yes, how so? Um, thanks. I actually want to briefly address a comment you just made because you, you said if people are still in the YLD. And I remember in my Leadership Academy class, there was a question about whether the Leadership Academy is for younger attorneys. So I want to briefly just address that before I address the demonstrated leadership. Leadership Academy is open to all attorneys. It doesn't. It's not limited to young lawyers. And I know in it came up in our class because we had um, more seasoned lawyers in our class. And that was a question or like, uh, you know, so everyone fits in. Everyone's really welcoming. It doesn't matter if you're less than five years or you're 20 years in and now you want to get involved in the Florida Bar. So I just want to briefly address that. Um, my um, leadership involvement at the time was actually mostly through the Urban League of Broward County. I was a member of the TJ Reddick Bar Association. I'm actually president-elect now, but at the time, my involvement pre-Leadership Academy, my involvement with TJ Reddick was very minimal. I would go to meetings, maybe help out with an event here or there. Definitely, probably not what got me into the Leadership Academy in terms of what I actually had on my resume. So I would say mine was more community involvement in a lot of um, my work probably. I'm guessing I wasn't in the room when the decision was made, but I'm just guessing based on what the type of experience my my classmates had, they were already on boards of their voluntary bar associations. And I, I didn't really have that level of experience. So I would think it's probably definitely through my extensive involvement in the local community at the time. 
Well, one of my questions was whether there is like a best age or years of practice marker. Um, so, Dan, you answered that question. And, you know, I think John really hit on the head that it's a holistic view of not only the person, but the class as a whole. And so that's great to hear. Um, Jay, what about you? What kind of leadership activities did you have prior to applying to give our audience kind of an idea of what they could not compare themselves to, but, you know, if they could if they could prep themselves in advance of applying to ensure their successful acceptance? You know, what were you involved in? Yeah, sure. Let me just preface this by saying that at the risk of outing John Howe, John and I uh, were probably two of the older members of class one. And uh, I could say that because I think we're pretty much the same age. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, with that advanced age, uh, apologies to John, uh, that gives you a lot more opportunities to have some more experience. So by the time I uh, applied for class one, I had been the the past president of the Asian Pacific American Bar Association of South Florida. I had also been on the board of directors of the Broward County Bar Association. I uh, chaired the legal aid uh, of Broward County, and then I had already been involved in some of the committee, uh, Florida Bar Committees, uh, and chaired a couple of those already. So you know, I mean, it was definitely uh, a little bit longer of a of a work history or experience history uh, with various community organizations or bar associations, but that is not to say that uh, you need to have that kind of experience because I definitely thought that I was one of the older people uh, on on class one. Um, John was mentally a lot younger than me, so I, I, I you know, he's 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 like a young man when it comes to thinking. You know, I'm. Just, uh, but but uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I did have uh, some more experience, if you will. So um, all of the fellows, including you all, are super impressive with your involvement. Um, if someone was listening to this, thinking, "Oh goodness, like I don't have any of these leadership skills or activities," you know, how would they go about sort of developing their resume and like and and adding these experiences? Like, what's a first step for someone who's wanting to get involved? Yeah, I'll tell you, uh, one of the easiest, I take that back, not one of the easiest, but one of the best ways to get involved with, say, Florida bar work is to ask your local Board of Governors representative if there is an opening on a grievance committee. Grievance committees function as the bodies that uh, are like grand juries to find whether the bar should move forward in in a disciplinary prosecution of a lawyer incredibly important work. That's why I said it's not easy, but it is very important and and it's a great way to get involved because it's not just fun and games. It's it's actual, really very important, critical work where you can see one of the main reasons why the bar does what it does. And so um, there are always openings coming up and the Board of Governors people are always looking for people who are interested to fill opening positions. And so I think that would be a great way for anybody who's interested in taking on um, additional leadership uh, work at the Florida Bar level to express their interest. Dean, do you have any like tips or like first steps that someone could take if they're wanting to sort of build up their leadership repertoire? Um, well, I think just the fact that you're interested in Leadership Academy already shows that you, you know, you set yourself apart in the fact that you're wanting to do the research. But I would say think outside the box. A lot of people may think that you need to be involved 
um, past president of a voluntary bar association or and the list goes on or you might need to be in the YLD or those sorts of things. But I don't necessarily think that's true because that wasn't my situation. Um, and I know there were other persons um, in my class who maybe were involved in their fraternity or sorority. You might be a leader or you might be able to show your leadership skills through your church or other things that you might be passionate about outside of, of the law. And I promise you that like me, once you actually go through the Leadership Academy, you're probably going to shift and get more involved within the bar itself. Because after I, um, you know, started learning about Leadership Academy and the Florida Bar, I'm now on a rules committee. I'm now chair of a grievance committee. These are all things that I knew nothing about. Uh, So I, I don't think you necessarily have to come to the table with that background in bar involvement. And I think that's part of, you know, that well-rounded picture um, that John was speaking about earlier. Again, I'm not in the room when those decisions are being made, but I can imagine that that's a consideration of making sure, you know, we have people who are bringing experiences from different areas. And I know, John, you mentioned this. Well, John, did you want to speak on that, on on some activities someone might get involved in? Yes. And though I hate to admit it, you know, Jay's right. We were a little longer in the tooth, you know, when we did the Leadership Academy. And I, I jump on that because I remember specifically when I applied for the Leadership Academy, it was the first year, you know, as was stated earlier. And by that time, I had already served as president of the Palm Beach County Bar Association. And there were a couple of people who were like, well, why are you doing the Leadership Academy? You've already been president of the Palm Beach County Bar. Like, even, you know, that's why do you think it's a great thing for you? And to me, my answer to that was, well, I don't know everything that there is to know about being a leader. And not only that, but I wanted to expand my base and my um a group of, you know, by contacts uh, around the state. And that that's exactly what the Leadership Academy assisted me in doing. And like I said, I met a host of people and made a host of friendships and contacts from Tampa to Jacksonville to Tallahassee to Orlando, um, with whom I stay in touch with to this day. So that's one point. Another point is, you know, we've had applicants who were attorneys for 20-something years when they applied. Some have gotten in, some haven't. You know, and I can think of two in particular. One person, they had been an attorney for many, many years, like over 20 years. and But over the course of that time, they had chaired and led and, and held leadership roles in their local community and, and so on. And the other person who was an attorney for that amount of years had zero like leadership roles or or showed zero interest in taking on any leadership roles. And that person didn't get in that year and we wanted to see if they'd apply again and they didn't. And that kind of was that. So and on the flip side, we've had applicants who have had one to two years experience, but as you know, in the practice of law, but prior to practicing law, they had they held leadership positions in whether it was in law school or in a community organization like Deanne was involved. You know, 
that wasn't a not in a voluntary bar organization, but she led and and had leadership positions in other organizations that she was involved in. And just like you know the old adage says, in most organizations, you know, ten percent of the people do ninety percent of the work. You know, so I would leave off with this suggestion that if you want to put yourself in a position to be a strong applicant, just say yes. That's really how I've pretty much come to lead anything that I've ever led is someone asked me to do it and I just said yes, that would, and I did it. So just say yes, That that's probably the, the best tip that I think one can take from this podcast. Well, and it's definitely a great one. And you mentioned this, but um, with respect to people who have applied multiple times and, you know, weren't accepted to the program, you know, what what encouraging words might you say or share with them? And, you know, why should they stick stick with it and, and keep applying? I will say this over the and the fact that Anthony Vazone and I are chairing the Leadership Academy for a third year is not normal. We were asked to usually it's two years and then, you know, someone else takes over. Um, last year, of course, with the pandemic affecting everything, Dory uh, Foster Morales asked us to stay on and, and serve for an additional year in order, in order to foster the existing class through, get the new class started. And now, you know, we're selecting the upcoming class. But it's one of those things where, you know, you have to keep in mind that we're here also as a, as a resource as well. And over the time that I've chaired the Leadership Academy, I've had um, applicants who did not make it into that year's class reach out, or we have reached out and thanked that applicant for applying and given them like a pointer. I remember one one there's one person in particular who applied for the who was applying for the third time and the reason was i mean this person had strong leadership potential but they didn't put it was it was very apparent that they didn't put very much time into their essays and i personally reached out to that person and I told that person, look, here's, here's the issue with your application. I mean, you, you seem like you have great potential, but it just seemed like you didn't spend a lot of time on your application. And the next year that person reapplied, it was very apparent that their, their attitude was different about the, the importance of the essay. And they wrote a very thoughtful essay and they got into the class. So that's just one example, though. So if, you, if for whatever reason you were to apply or have applied and not gotten into the academy, there's no reason you shouldn't reach out to the chairs of the academy and ask, well, what about my application or, you know, what? And some of it is, you, you know, you might not just have had enough leadership experience and we just want to see if you're going to get some more experience in the upcoming year. And that has been the case in many circumstances. So that's what I would encourage folks to do is 
if you apply, happen to apply, you don't get in, don't hesitate to reach out and get some input as to what happened, you know, or, or, or what you could do. Well, that's great advice. And I'd like to end our conversation with giving each of you an opportunity to share why you applied for Leadership Academy. So, Jay, let's start with you. Okay. Well, thanks so much for, again, for uh, letting me uh, come and, and give my thoughts on this. I think it's been a wonderful experience for me personally. I have lifelong friends, including uh, my, my, my brother, John, here. And it's just a a great environment in which to to learn your your potential and about the bar in general. I applied, at, you know, despite the fact that I had been uh, doing other things. I applied because probably similar to what what John was thinking. I wanted to see what other parts of the state and and the lawyers in other parts of the state were were doing. I wanted to learn a little bit more, and I honestly I I wasn't really sure what that first class was meant to do. And so I didn't know what the content was going to be. And, you know, even even though I had been involved in the, in the bar through different academies, I really wasn't sure uh, if I knew really anything. And so I, I wanted to know what I didn't know. And I looked at it as an opportunity to really make statewide connections. And um, I was not disappointed. My, my network is statewide. And ever since then, uh, we all have very, very strong bonds having been in that same class. Well, thank you so much, Jay. Deanne, what about you? Why did you apply to Leadership Academy? So, um, and thank you so much for putting this together. This was a great conversation and for having me. I appreciate it. I decided to apply to the Leadership Academy after I learned about it because I thought it would be a great way for me to learn more about the Florida Bar as well as opportunities to get involved in the Florida Bar. And I think it was an iceberg effect for me where I thought I knew about the Florida Bar, but once you get into Leadership Academy and you realize I knew nothing about the Board of Governors, and I still remember that image, not to give too much of the experience away, but I remember that image where we got to go to a Board of Governors meeting and there's this huge room and I didn't even know there were so many people um, on the Board of Governors. It was, it, was, it was definitely an experience that's etched in my mind forever. But in terms of what I got from it and some of the biggest takeaways, I think, like Jay said, friends across the state, people who I would have never met, they do a great job of getting people from the tip of the North Florida all the way down to South Florida. Um, so, and, you know, you still keep in touch with those people. Those people send me Christmas cards at the holidays. I mean, we still keep in touch. And then one of the other things that people may not realize, it also helps you to become a better lawyer. There's a series, there's several series um, within Leadership Academy about personal development. And you do these personality tests That was probably one of my favorite aspects because now you're talking about your own personal growth as a person and as an attorney. So those are my takeaways. It's it's a very good experience. And I hope that whoever, if you're listening to this, that you're definitely going to apply. You've come this far in the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Deanne, for your thoughts. And John, to wrap us up, why did you apply to Leadership Academy and stay so involved over the years? First of all, Lindsay, thanks again for organizing this program. And you are definitely one of the 10% who I referred to in your class. You know, not to say that your class isn't chock full of leaders, but Lindsay, you're definitely one of the 10% who um, does 90% of you know whatever the, the group is doing, who I uh, made reference to earlier. 
but there's one aspect of the academy that you know we've kind of danced around in the way of saying oh you know you, you build your network you make friendships you develop personally and professional but it's also great for business it it, it really is it, it's you know, whether you're a government lawyer or not or a private sector or a, or a solo practitioner it, it really is a great business development resource. And I can't tell you how many times that I've had someone call me and say, hey, do you have a a family law attorney that you know over in the Tampa area? And the first place I look is in the Leadership Academy, uh, like in in my class or in other classes as well, you know, because knowing the the caliber of individual who comes through the, the program if I see anyone on that list, I'm going to contact them and say, hey, here's a potential referral for you or whatever the case is. And I've had that same benefit um, thrown in, in my direction countless times where folks have called me from Jacksonville or Pensacola, you know, places that I have no presence whatsoever, but they need an attorney and it might not even be the kind of law that I do, but I'm able then to turn around and pass that referral connection along. And so that's one of the benefits of the academy that hasn't really been touched on a whole lot in this podcast that I think should be pointed out. And I know that Jay is with me on that. Um, totally. You know, agree. Jay has gone on to do much, much bigger and better things. And, and you know, I saw I saw the um, the benefit of the program so much so that just like a lot of other committee members, a lot of there are a lot of members of the committee who are also alums of the program. And after I went through class one, I've always stayed involved with the leadership academy, and then I was asked to co-chair, and that's just how it happened. And and we'll I'll cycle off this next year. But I'll, again, ask to be reappointed when that time comes. So that would be my final thought on it. And thanks again. Well, thank you so much. I found this conversation to be incredibly helpful. Each of you is so knowledgeable, and I know that interested applicants will find this information invaluable. Um, I spoke with you all in advance, and you said you'd love to answer any additional questions that an interested applicant might have. So if our audience is you know, needing to have any other questions answered, feel free to reach out to any of our um, speakers today. Um, and on behalf of the entire Leadership Academy Class 8, let me just thank each of you again for your time in speaking with us about the Leadership Academy experience. Thanks for joining us today on the Limited Liability Leadership Podcast. And don't forget to check out the other episodes to learn more about raising the bar and leading the bar. Mm-hmm.